This is going to be the last in a series. This is Pastor Quint. Welcome into the Quintessential Ministry Podcast. And my wife, Erin, is joining me for part four of our Parenting as Ministry series. Would you say hello, babe? Hello, babe. All right. Um, (laughs) That was like a dad joke. Hey, it's about fathering. Yeah, so so we are um, in Father's Day week, I guess. So Sunday was Father's Day. And um, we're going to kind of complete the subject I alluded to in part three. If you listened to last week's message, I kind of got into some different uh, dad dad issues, dad wound, dad forgiveness type things. It's a really big subject. Um, And so I, I alluded to this last week, but this is where... I would say I feel more, um, sorry, I just bumped my microphone here. I would, I feel very uh, comfortable, I should say, talking about fatherhood, uh, probably more so than I feel exercising fatherhood, which I'm working on. And I think, uh, I mean, I don't have a problem saying that, like, the we did, we've done these for eight weeks now or whatever it is, I guess, like every yeah. other week for, and... Honestly, the last like few weeks have been some pretty, uh, some learning experiences as parents, I would say. So, and we are not on here tr- pretending to be experts by oh goodness no <laughs> any stretch of the imagination. So it's I don't think this is a pride comes before the fall situation as much as like, um, yeah, I mean it's it's just parenting is like r- super real, super hard, um, and it's just an always, you know, you're always trying to to get better, do, do better and learn more. So, uh, the last few weeks we've been doing a lot of that. I've been doing a lot of that. We've been gutting it out. That's for sure. It's definitely been difficult. So, um, yeah, but, uh, today what I want to get into is what I do feel, I guess, a little bit more confident in, and that's this subject of, um, fathering. And actually we're going to talk a little bit about identity. So, I guess I would position this as like, if I had preached a father's day message on Sunday, uh, this last week, this probably would have been the bulk of my content, uh, what I'm about to share. Um, but probably, um, I don't know, 15 years ago now, I was handed a book called Wild at Heart by John Eldridge. And, um, that was probably about when it came out, honestly. Um, it was, it was still pretty fresh at the time. And, um, man, it just like, took, I mean, millions of copies of that book have been sold and it's just still today, like moving things forward and and people read it and it's still fresh 20 years later or whatever. And so, uh, for me, it was just like, so eye opening and so, um, I don't even know like all the right words and adjectives to use, but like just, it was so good. And it has been like my primer, my book that I've gone back to, he has been my guy that I've gone back to. If you've listened to this podcast, you that is not um, a, 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 any type of update at all. Like you are well aware that I'm an Eldridge fan and he has impacted my life greatly. So anyways, a lot of this content comes out of his camp, uh, the Wild at Heart uh, ministry and uh, his podcast, his books, just all, all of that stuff. So I am not... Um, these are not personal revelations as much as things I've learned through a great teacher. But um, I think that um, how I would kind of frame the whole conversation is um, on the word identity. And I'll probably do the majority of the talking on this one. So Aaron gets uh, the easy job this time around. Um, but please, babe, feel free to jump in things that 
you've been with me all 15 of those years. So like anything that you would echo or, or say, and, um, as I, as I get talking. So, um, I, I think I would frame the entire conversation around identity and the importance of identity. Um, I don't think identity is talked about enough, talked about correctly enough, understood enough. Um, but when we can get our identity right, so much starts to, to make sense. So much, um, so many things start to fall into place because when we truly understand who we are in Christ as his adopted son or daughter, um, man, it just frees you up to live so uh, graciously, so free. You, you are just released of so much um, pain or hurt or whatever the case is when you, have, when you truly understand your identity and, and how it's found in Christ. So um, that's how I would really frame this fatherhood uh, conversation, this manhood conversation, I guess you could call it. Um, it is on the topic of identity. And I think that to have it, you need to be really real, really authentic. You can't, um, this is not the time for church speak or uh, anecdotes or just cliches. Like um, men need to be talked to like men and, and women need to be talked to like women. And it you you can't like dance around hard things, hard subjects. You can't kind of just like play games with it or use... Uh, cliches that work, that don't work, but that people, you know, try to position like they work. So I'm going to, we're going to try to do that. Um, I think that if you look at the book of Mark, a couple years ago, actually, I was reading, uh, I started in the book of Mark. And if you read in the book of Mark, it's the shortest of the gospels and it starts right at Jesus ministry. Like it doesn't give you the the genealogies, and it doesn't give you Christ's birth story. It just starts into the ministries. And right out of the gate, this thing stuck out to me, which was that um, this word authority. Like Jesus obviously knew his identity, knew who he was, and he operated with an authority that regularly the religious leaders were like astonished by. They were saying, who is this who teaches this way and with authority? Um, who is this that heals this way and with authority? And so, like, his authority was, like, evident, and his authority came from the confidence he had in his identity. But that came from the consistent, all of those verses uh, in the first four or five chapters of Mark are, are marked with um, time alone, with the Father, intimacy with the Father. So his authority was a direct result of the intimacy that he shared with the Father. And so because of that, he operated with an identity that was unquestioned. It was uh, just, he had so much, I mean, this feels like an understatement, but he had so much confidence, so much boldness, so much authority um, because of his uh, intimacy with the Father and the identity that came out of that, okay? So that is... He is obviously our example, who we want to um, who we want to emulate, who we want to aspire to live like. It's, it's an impossible task, but we want to always be striving in that way. And I think, and what I have learned, and these are just some, trying to be authentic here, these are just some uh, personal examples that have worked in my life, um, just a few of them, but... I, I have found that what we need as men is people 
to father us in areas that we have desires. So uh, I sound like I'm talking around it, but let me just let me just be really clear here. <laughs> um, when I got my first motorcycle, I have this desire. I want to be. I want to. I want to do this motorcycle thing. I bought a bright red motorcycle, and I'm way over my skis. Like way. We had this big parking lot next to the house we were living at, living in at the time, and I thought I'm going to teach myself how to ride this motorcycle in that parking lot. And I'll just do circles. And if I can do circles in first and maybe even second gear, eventually, if I have that much confidence, I'll go across the street. And then there's a little cul-de-sac or whatever, and I'll just, whatever. So I tried that and, like, dumped the bike a couple times. It was a very powerful bike, uh, and I had no motorcycle experience. Very terrifying. It was very terrifying. Aaron was watching it. We had a window. We had a window in our kitchen that looked at this parking lot that was like literally a six foot by six foot square window. It was it was huge, and they were watching me, just terrified. I mean, Anderson was probably four, and so, anyways, this is what I'm getting at. I I called or texted my friend Jake. Okay who had been on a motorcycle for maybe two years at that point, longer than me. And I was like, Jake, I'm an idiot. What did I do? I, I got to get rid of this bike. Like, get over here and show me what I'm doing wrong. And if you can't, I'm selling it on Facebook, okay? And Jake came over, and Jake watched what I was doing. And he was like, dude, can you drive standard with a car? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I can drive standard. And he's like, okay. Do you just dump the clutch? Do you just like put your foot on the clutch and then when you're ready to go, you just... And I was like, no. He's like, no, you ease up. He's like, you need to ease up on the clutch on this motorcycle, man. Like, just let it out nice and easy. You're just like revving up the throttle and then just dumping the clutch and hoping... All. He's like, And I, honestly, as soon as he said yeah, it, I, bet. <laughs> I was like, I'm an idiot. Like, I could... And I could quote unquote, ride a motorcycle once he showed me that. And then he was like, you can't learn doing circles in this little parking lot. Go across the street right now. And I was like, Jake, what if I get in fourth gear and I can't? And he's like, then you shift down to third gear. And he, this is my point. He fathered me through that. Yeah. Okay. Jake's six months older than me. This isn't like some, right. you know, but what I found in that moment was a man who had gone before me, who had figured it out. And this isn't like a shot to my dad, who also rode motorcycles. He probably just would have been like, you don't need to ride a motorcycle. You know what I mean? Like, this is, <laughs> this is an unsafe and unwise decision. But honestly, even to that, let me, let me talk about my dad, if I could. Um, my dad, so if you think I'm crazy uh, riding motorcycles, my dad flew airplanes for fun. That was his hobby when I was 18 months old. And <laughs> his dad did not, right? I said last week, uh, his dad, unfortunately, uh, passed away way, way too early. But when my dad got older, uh, he developed this passion for flying. And I don't know their names, and I don't know who they were, but my dad found men, and maybe also women, but people who trained him up in this. And this is an example of people building your confidence and bestowing an identity onto you that you can then walk in confidently, okay? And so I'm trying to speak authentically and show how... um, how we can recognize these what seem like trivial or simple moments, but actually are pivotal to the development of who we are and to our identity. And for me, this motorcycle thing, I could just pass it off on, oh, no, that's my friend, and he just taught me how to not kill myself on a motorcycle. But I just think it's so much more than that because I do, I feel like um, I prayed about that decision to get a motorcycle, and I really do 
on a spiritual level almost enjoy it. And, and, and I feel like so much of that was like an example of in that moment, that's what I needed is I needed someone who could, who could walk me through it gently, not condescendingly and bestow a confidence in me that now I view myself like, yeah, okay. Like this is what I do. I'm a motorcyclist and this is whatever. And Jake and I ride together a ton. And honestly, there's probably, he would probably tell you, there's been times I've returned the favor and done that for him, maybe on motorcycles, but maybe just in other areas of his life, right? Mm -hmm. So um, that is a very like simple, but I think real um, example of uh, how God works through people to build up your confidence, build up your identity, and... um, yeah, and then essentially give you that boldness and that authority and that identity that you're searching for. So, it, what anything? What? No, I'm no. I mean, keep rolling. It's it's all really good. So okay. Um, so then another example I would give is um, so we're going on vacation next week and um, we are going to this cabin with zero cell phone service. I can't wait. And um, <laughs> and Aaron's dad was into fishing. And unfortunately he also left this earth way too soon. Um, or he would be the one I'd be going to right now to coach me up on this. But, um, I don't know if I can fish. I doubt it. I'm not probably patient enough, but I'm not going to have cell phone service for six days. So I'm going to try it. We're staying right on this Creek, no cell phone service. It's called fish Creek. If we can't catch fish there, then we're, we're in trouble. But I messaged a friend who does know how to fish and said, Hey man, I just got all this fishing gear. It was my father-in-law's. Um, I'm looking through the tackle box and have no clue what I'm looking at. Could you come coach me up? So we haven't been able to line up a time, but that is my hope because I need coached up. I need fathered in this area, right? Because I have zero experience. My dad wasn't into fishing. Like, right. I need a coach here. So um, again, it's a very simple example, but I feel like, again, if I were to get into it, if it were to be a thing... I think fishing could be a spiritual experience for me where I'm like, I feel one with God in this moment where I'm just like, I I mean, my job is stressful and um, (laughs) paperwork everywhere. And I need more nature time alone with Jesus. And if fishing was an outlet to get it, I view this as an opportunity for that all day long. So um, that one's a little shorter than the motorcycle because I don't know if I can do it yet, but. Um, and then a, I would say if you're sitting there, if you're listening and you're thinking, okay, so what in the world, motorcycles and fishing, and you're going to know Jesus better. I would say, try it, uh, look (laughs) for Jesus in those simple, uh, unpredictable areas, um, because that is where he is and that is where he wants to father you. And I just listened to a great podcast, um, and Morgan Snyder was talking about how, his dad had no like handyman skills and right after he got married his toilet broke and he had no clue how to fix it because his dad never taught him and he said i walked into home depot and the guy said son can i help you i'm standing in the plumbing aisle and i had no clue what i was doing and the guy said son can i help you and he's like and if that wasn't god showing up in that moment to father me through a guy in an orange vest what was right yeah, like wow. and those are the instances where like uh i would say it, it is more than okay. It is necessary that as men, 
we look for those instances, we let God minister to us through other men and raise us up in that way and father us so that we can have a stronger and more confident identity. But if my first two examples were not spiritual enough for you, I will give you the third, which is by far the biggest one in my life, by, like by a mile, and that would be pastoring. So um, I, I think I did a podcast a long time ago on like my story and how unorthodox it is and how I started in the business world. I felt this call to be a pastor when I was like a kid and a teenager, and I kind of ran from it, didn't understand it, wasn't shepherded well in it, wasn't fathered well in it. That's not a shout to my dad, but I, I'm just saying like I, I was confused by it. And I didn't share it with anybody, so that didn't help, right? Sure, I, yeah. Because I was confused. So um, anyways, ended up in the business world, worked for my dad. That was, uh, that was great. I learned a lot. I was good at it. I liked sales. Um, I had no, really no issues with any of that. But um, the whole time I have this calling on my life and I'm kind of like aware of it, but not really sure what to do with it. And then God kind of sneak attacks me into ministry and I end up part-time worship leading, snowballs into full-time. And here I am seven years into this journey, executive pastor at Erie First, um, couldn't have, couldn't have uh, orchestrated and worked hard enough to sit in the desk I sit in now, yeah. do the things I do now. You know, I feel like, um, in fact, as a staff, we were just reading through Acts 3 today, and we were talking about how all these religious leaders are looking at uh, Peter and John and are like, who are these uneducated clowns trying to tell us about this Jesus guy they're just incredulous at these guys preaching the way, the message, the new, and they're, you know, and sometimes I feel like that. I, f- I feel like, who am I, how am I doing any of this? Because this is just so unorthodox. But God has been so good and so, um, so supportive, so like putting the right people around me at the right times, people that have... Um, fathered me, people that have encouraged me, people that have just like um, always had my back and never questioned. There have been plenty of people who have questioned, don't get me wrong. And I, you know, I'm kind of wired to just say, ah, whatever about those people. But um, it has been the people who ran the first small group I was ever a part of when I got into ministry that still cheer me on today, mm-hmm. seven years later, even though I don't work at their church anymore, even though we only catch up three times a year, whatever. Like, they have my back. I could call them tomorrow, Absolutely. and they'd say, what do we have to do? It's those people. Um, it is the pastors, like Pastor Don Fisher, who's been a guest on the podcast, who never, he has 40 years experience. He is so, I mean, I'll never catch him. I'll <laughs> never, ever catch him. But He never talks to me like I'm anything other than a pastor just like him. And it's so encouraging and it's so like gentle and fathering and it bestows an identity on me that bestows a confidence on me. And that's what we're talking about, you know? And so I I think the message I'm hopefully kind of talking all the way around and trying to convey through this is that the subject of identity is so important to, to manhood and to fatherhood. And when we will start as men 
to and, and women, and maybe we'll do another podcast where we can get into some of that. I don't, you know, I'm not, but I'm speaking right now specifically to manhood and fatherhood because that's the week we're in, the month we're in, and that's how we're going to wrap up this four part series of podcasts. But um, when we can get our identity right, and when we can get uh, excited and passionate about looking for where God is trying to father us, God is trying to bestow. Uh, confidence in us, and and ultimately God is trying to bestow a specific identity on us. It's a game changer. You walk through life with so much freedom because now that I do have confidence in these different areas, and and confidence as a motorcyclist is not going to give me um, an identity that frees me up to uh, forgive people. So don't get me wrong mm-hmm. there. But what it does is it, 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 it communicates to me that God cares about the things I care about. Sure. Yeah. That God even sees that. He's that good. You know what I mean? Um, so that would probably be the lesson there. But ultimately, when we can have the strong identity and the strong um, confidence in who God has called us to be and wants us to be as a father, we can forgive people who have hurt us people who um, have not fathered us well. And I'm not, maybe I'm speaking specifically about earthly fathers, or maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm talking about those people who have doubted my pastoral calling all along the way. And yeah, I can say, I would ever forget them. But also, I could say, I would ever, I forgive them. They just don't get it. But I know that I know that I know this is what God is calling me to do, is leading me to do, is fathering me through all these amazing people and is bestowing upon me, right? Mm -hmm. And so it gives you this, like, you operate from this place of, um, sometimes, Bill Johnson said once, sometimes doing what you're not qualified to do is what qualifies you to do it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes rising to the occasion and doing what you, quote-unquote, aren't qualified to do, but you're trusting that God is working this out in your life, that is the thing that qualifies you, period, case closed. And so it frees you up to not worry about what other people think, to not hold it against them, to not harbor unforgiveness against them. Um, and so anyways, that's kind of the, the linchpin to that. I would say I feel like I have tried my hardest in seven years of being a worship leader to do this for other worship leaders. Uh, and I feel like naturally I do an okay job. Maybe some of the people who have been on my teams wouldn't agree, <laughs> but Ultimately, what I want to do with other worship leaders is I, I know my limitations. I know my strengths and I know my weaknesses. I want to get out of the way and allow other people's strengths to shine through. And if I can be, um, if I can create a place for that to happen, that's the job I'm here to do is creating a space for more anointed, more impactful, more powerful people to lead worship. I'm all about doing stuff like that. So, um, that would be a way I try to return the favor and father other people and raise them up and affirm what they're called to do and let them know that like they have such great things ahead of them. Like that's so yes, look for the places where you can be fathered, but also look for the places where you can return that favor. Like what has God already put that confidence, that identity into you with? Go pour more of that into people. Go build them up. And then the other um, point that I would make is that I think in 2021 and in a a generation raised with YouTube, um, sometimes what we do 
uh, not even realizing it, is we turn to YouTube to get fathered Mm -hmm. in these different things because you can literally learn anything you need to do. I talked to someone today. Maybe I shouldn't say this. And he doesn't teach at the school that I, at the church where I work, so I can say this. He said he literally was told, you need to teach X, and he didn't know how, so he went on YouTube. This is a teacher. And he said, and again, not, not at the school at the church where I work. So, um, but he said, I just went on YouTube and watched it until I got better at it and learned and learned and learned. And I, I don't think that's a problem, no, but, I don't either. but ultimately, well, and like as a homeschool mom, I'm sure you've done that. Yeah. hundred percent. Many I times. Mean, that's yeah. not a problem. Here's where I do think it's a problem. When we, YouTube can be a counterfeit fathering experience. Yeah. That's the point. That's what I'm trying to say. YouTube saves you from having to go to Home Depot and have that guy say, son, can I help you? Mm-hmm. YouTube stops me from calling my friend Jake and saying, how do I not kill myself on this motorcycle? And maybe I can find the answer on YouTube. But what I miss out on is the relationship, yeah, the relationship and, the, sure. and the being vulnerable to someone else and letting them speak into your life and receiving that gift of more confidence. Okay? So that would be my only thing. It's not that YouTube is bad. I use it all the time. I have learned how to fix my motorcycle and cars from YouTube. So that's like not really an issue. But when it's all we'll ever do, it becomes a problem because we are afraid of the vulnerability and the intimacy that comes with an interaction with another human being and opening ourselves up to being fathered directly. Yeah, and I mean, also admitting that you don't know how to do something or that you need help in an area, which is can be hard to do, you know. Um, I was just thinking as you were talking about, you know, even if you had the best earthly father that you could possibly have, which I think that I pretty much did. No father can knows every nuance of everything that you're going to intersect with throughout your life. So if they're a handyman, they might not be sporty. Or if they know X, they won't know Y. Because, of course, we all have our own interests and skill sets and et cetera. So I was just thinking how gracious and loving is God that he puts all these people in your path, you know, whether you're looking for them directly or, and sometimes you're not, uh, that can kind of step in and fill those gaps that maybe your earthly father, again, even if they were the best earthly father that you could have, it, it just is so gracious and loving, I well, feel yeah, like, and, of God. And, and frankly, as fathers, do we really want our children to only ever be able to do what we can do or no, less? No, of course, of course not. not. Like, that's... You're always cheering them on. I think a good father is one that hopes their kids leave them in the dust with, you know, with what they can do. Like, I've always said I want my kids to stand on my shoulders yeah. and do so much more than I was ever able to do. You know, and I think that's what every I would think every yeah. parent wants. And so, like, ultimately, I think if you if you think you're if you think you're always going to understand every interest your kid has, right. maybe just only have one. But also, that's probably not the case. You right. know what I mean? Like, um, Because, and I think that's healthy. Like, I, I don't know, I'm one of five kids, and I'm the only one who plays guitar. Yeah. And my parents don't. You, mm-hmm. and you know what I mean? Like, we're all just, we're wired different. God puts different things inside of us. And so, yeah, I just... Uh, 
you know, if my, if my kids are into something else, I want to be their biggest cheerleader. You know, of course I want them to be into guitars and motorcycles and the things that I naturally already connect with, but when they're into something different, which is inevitable, I'm going to learn about it. I'm going to get into it. I'm going to chase it down because I want to be a part of that, you know? So I think ultimately that's the, that's the lesson. And that's what I want to do when they're into something else is, find someone who can father them in it. If I can't, if that's something I'm deficient in, Anderson's in Taekwondo. So if I know nothing about the martial arts, I need to find a good school for him to go to, for someone to raise him up in that. If he actually pursues it into his teenage years, I'm going to be, you're going to have to impress me as his dad so much for me to give you my money to teach him if he's 13 and intense about it. Right. Like the level you will, now when he's seven, I'll probably give a pass, but when he's, if he gets super, super serious about something, you're going to have to like win my business because this is my kid I'm giving you to father in this thing. Yeah. And it's going to like, yeah. So anyways, um, so all that to say, I think that the enemy, enemy ultimately would love for us to keep uh, YouTube as a source for these things or just the avoidance of relationship, the avoidance of people who can father us in it. But we need to be aware of it. And we need to um, to look for those opportunities for God to father us through other people um, and through things we need to learn in and grow in and recognize even when it's as simple as fishing or a motorcycle or guitar or whatever it is, God can show up. God does show up through those things. And it's awesome. It's beautiful. And it is so uh, confidence building. Um I think one of the biggest wins in that is most of the time the people that we ask these questions to end up being people we either have relationships with for a long time or at the very least people we remember for a long mm-hmm. time. Their words stick with us and and even if the relationship fizzles out there will still be times where we'll we'll go back and be like I remember when they said that. Yeah. And it still sits well with me. It still sits like it's it's special to me because it, what it was it was an affirming moment. Mm-hmm. And affirming moments are special moments. And so um I think some of them are lifelong friends like my buddy Jake and we'll ride motorcycles forever together and we'll talk about everything forever together. But some of them are just their words stick and that identity is imprinted on you by those words. Um all right, last couple things. I told you I can roll on this. <laughs> like this has been It's good, yeah. Um I'm just collecting myself from my notes. Um I think that I think that we live in an era that is finally actually recognizing the importance of mental health and self-care and uh prioritizing that uh in in really good ways. I believe that this is a component that would help with that so much and would not negate the need for it. I never would want to imply that that is the goal, but um, I think the healthier your identity gets, maybe the less you might find yourself needing less mental health days to search for self-care because you're operating in a confidence Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's not to say that you don't need them, but like 
I'll, I'll speak for me personally, for me, it is when I am the most confused, turned around, um, you know, stressed out that I'm like, I just need to, I just need to unplug. I just need to, to run. I just need to, you know, and that would be an example of self-care, probably too little too late if you're at that right, point. Right, usually. Yeah. Um, but I think it is the times when I have like the most confidence and the strongest identity and the strongest, like, no, I am operating in what I'm supposed to be doing um, that I feel less need to just get away, mm-hmm. to just, I need to just take time for me. I need, you know what I mean? So, yeah. um, so I, I think this is a missing component. I'll just say that. And I think if you would, if you, the listener would search this out and, and look for ways to do this, um, I think you'd find yourself uh, feeling healthier, feeling better, which I think is awesome. Um, okay. And so then other than that, to circle all the way back to the beginning, um, the most important place, and even as a pastor, I have room to grow here. I need to get better here. But the most important place we need to be going for this increased identity is intimacy with the Father. The beginning chapters of Mark, it's all over Jesus' early ministry and early life that he had a very, very intimate relationship with the Father, and it was out of that intimacy that flowed his confidence and flowed his identity and flowed his authority. And it's the same for us. And we need to recognize that, and we need to run towards that. And we need to run towards that as dads because we can't give what we don't have. And so if we don't have a confidence and an identity um, that is rooted in who God is raising us up to be, how in the world can we give that to our kids? How in the world can we give that to um, the lives that God has entrusted us to raise? And so trying to hit on both this manhood and fatherhood subject, I think they're one and the same as far as the importance of strong identity and strong authority that goes with it. Um, And so, yeah, that's really like, for me, the constant theme that always comes back is like, am I doing enough? The answer is no. You know, like the answer is I got to do better. I, I need to do more. I need to prioritize this in a way that uh, makes me healthier, gives me a stronger identity, takes away questions, takes away frustrations, right? So like these are the things that um, that ring in my head and that hopefully are ringing in yours now that we've talked about this for 40 minutes, but um, this is really like, it's that important, and that's our ultimate source. Uh, God showing up through our motorcycle friends, God showing up at Home Depot, God showing up through uh, someone at your workplace who raises you up into a better version of whatever your profession is. These are all amazing and beautiful and good things, Um, but ultimately, it's who he's raising you up and how, how much soul restoration you're doing with him um, that's going to give you the confidence in all things, you know? Because ultimately, um, the motorcycle stuff and the fishing stuff and, like, the extracurricular activities, as beautiful as it is that God shows up in those moments, those are, like, so unimportant in the really big scheme of things. But knowing beyond the shadow of a doubt that God sees you, knows you, loves you, and has a a finished product in mind. Um, Last summer we did that. We walked through um, my book, Bring It, 
with Adam Blazik. And uh, if, if you have been listening that long or you listen to that, like that was like the theme of that book was that God has a finished product in mind for you. When God got done in Genesis and he said, God saw everything and he said that it was good, he saw you in that moment because he's not bound by time. Mm. So he saw all of it. He's eternal. And so when he saw it, he said, this is good. You are good, right? Mm. And then the fall and then problems, right? But ultimately, that finished product he had in mind never left his sight, right? And that, I think, is really the lesson, is that God wants to bring you to that finished product still. That's still his goal. And in the relationship with him, that's what we need to be. That's what we want to be striving towards. And it will ebb and flow. We will have seasons where we are clicking on all cylinders and we'll feel like, yeah, okay, like I'm moving towards that finished product. I feel so much more confident. And and stuff happens. And, and like we talked about with parenting, like the last eight weeks, mm-hmm. we have felt like, man, like this has been, we've been going through it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, but then something will click and, and it'll feel better and we'll yes. feel better. And you know what I mean? So that's life. Life is the ebbs and the flows, but the constant in all of them, the ups and the downs has got to be our pursuit intimacy with the father looking for him to show up yes in those in those uh maybe otherwise mundane or surprising places but just growing in that identity that he has that finished product that he has in mind for each and every one of us so that's my spiel (laughs) on fatherhood manhood identity um if you have any questions at all send me an email if this feels like holy cow where'd that even come from um ask like let's talk about it let's get together have coffee um i got a lot of books resources things we could talk through um if this feels like really good information it's the first time you've ever heard any of it which is how it was for me 15 years ago um but it's been a great ride ever since kind of being exposed to it and understanding the importance of it so um any parting thoughts babe thanks for being my guest for the last four (laughs) episodes um it's been fun. It's been a good conversation. Yeah, You've done a great sure. job. I told you I would do the heavy lifting tonight. You yeah, were... no, it was good. I don't, I don't feel like I have anything to add. So. All right. Well, then thanks so much for listening to the Quintessential Ministry Podcast. We will catch you in July. We'll have some new stuff on the docket, and uh, I'm excited for what is to come. 